I'm Ashley Aiken. And I'm Chris Cerna. The wedding industry has unintentionally perpetuated a culture of chasing perfection at the cost of your relationships and mental peace. We know this because we've spent a combined 16 years photographing weddings. Together, we dive into the silent struggles of the modern engaged couple, like you. Our goal is to empower you to pop that perfection bubble, embark on the journey of self-awareness, forge your own wedding planning path, and and ultimately ultimately cultivate cultivate a healthy and thriving marriage. Ashley, I am mind blown right now after having our episode with Alina of Fit Bride. Like what? That was amazing. It was so amazing. She's amazing. I I want to be her. I want to live her life. I want to <laughs> live in her home in New York and trade lives and she can just come to Kansas. I doubt she'd go for that. <laughs> go, go from New York to Kansas. Oh my God. Know, what a I fantastic know episode like no she's amazing the amount of information and knowledge that is in her little body is the most incredible what word do i want right now i don't want incredible it's like she's so inspiring like she's not even just like she is knowledgeable 100 percent, but she communicates in a way too that leaves you inspired and feeling like you could take on the world Well, you're right. Even in the beginning of the episode, she's got that encouragement whenever she was younger working at a gym. They were like, you're just very naturally encouraging. And I felt that being on the other side of a computer screen. Yeah, of a Zoom call. So guys, today's episode is going to feature Lena Marty of Fit Bride. Uh, Fit Bride by Lee, so she also goes by Coach Lee, Uh, but we had the pleasure of talking to her today, and Lena has created a company to help brides reach their fitness and health goals. Uh, Not only that, there's an extreme, after we, we learned in this episode, that there is a huge emphasis on diving into mindsets and identifying like trauma and triggers when it comes to our relationship with food. Right. So much was in this episode that I was just like, I felt like it's, I wanted to listen rather than like talk. Oh, same. It's It was way deeper than the physical aesthetic of the way that you're going to look on your wedding day. Well, that's like a byproduct. I feel like that's exactly what it is, is it's a byproduct of the other changes that are happening within you while you go through a program with her or and even just like while I would encourage and think it would be absolutely amazing to go through a program with her, the knowledge that she drops in general about like your mindset shifting, mindfulness, habits, all the things that you can equip that you can start to take these baby steps right now. Yeah. It was, it was very like in the episode towards the end, you were like, I just want to get on my Peloton bike like right you were motivated right then and there and I think that that's something that you know shouldn't be taken for granted and absolutely there was and I talk about this a little bit in the episode but I had a moment where I was like oh maybe we should wait to do this interview or at least release it like New Year's when people are thinking New Year's resolution type things and and so I think um you guys have obviously heard me talk about my health journey on the podcast and and there's something to be said for like no, like striking while the iron's hot, like while there's motivation and while you have the drive to do something. And Lena is a knowledgeable guest that not only communicates, uh, we talk about things like macros and, and the importance of nutrition and and uh, staying focused on your why, which was like mm-hmm. to hear her talk about that. I was like, oh my to hear God. her talk about a why. I was, did you, both of our I saw faces, your face. like we like lit up. We yeah, like, you yes. literally, yours was more of like a, this was good for my, I don't know. Like it's almost like that first sip of coffee smile that you get when you take that first sip. Like that's the face that you made. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yes, we are the same. You are my people. (laughs) It was really, really good. And so we are very excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Lena's socials and where you can find her will all be dropped uh, in the show notes, but we would 100% encourage you guys to go and give her a follow. Uh, Go check out her website. Consider hiring her. (laughs) Consider hiring someone to help you on this journey because I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that we talked about was finding a coach and someone that is a little bit further along or a lot a bit further along than you are that can help you reach your goals. It's somebody that can be encouraging, 
give you the accountability that maybe you don't even realize you need. I do think too, there's like a layer of fear there with like, that's vulnerable to bring Mm -hmm. somebody else into my world. But I think listening to Lena, knowing that Lena has like these online options, like that can also feel um, comforting and a really great first step. Like I'm obsessed with her. (laughs) I I love to hear you say that. I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. So we we won't keep you guys waiting any longer. We just kind of wanted to give a little preface and let you know what you can expect in this episode. But the number one thing that I think you can expect from this episode is, is to want to jump on your Peloton or go on a walk. <laughs> That's what he's going to say. It's it, not. But <laughs> is is to find the motivation to take a step in your health journey, whatever yeah. that looks like for you. I, I truly do believe you will be motivated to do something for yourself. So without further ado, enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the show, Lena. We are so excited to have you. How are you doing today? I am doing fabulous. Thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited uh, to talk to you both. We're so excited to have you. And Chris talked about this since I've been just gone and sent me a text. He was like, I have this awesome guest. Our guests are going to just like be so jealous that they're not the ones talking about all our listeners just like need this information you know every bride struggles and so before I like topple into this conversation tell us about your company who you are the service you provide why you started all the things yeah go ahead and just hype yourself up brag about yourself for a bit yeah yeah um So I'll start with like, I started this company. I'm going to start with that. I started this company because I knew that my purpose here was to create impact. And I think that everybody does that in a different way. And I guess um, my avenue was through health and fitness. And I think it started as a young girl. Um, I used to work at a gym very young. I used to I used to work at Curves. I don't know if you guys Actually, know. Oh my I gosh. Like, I feel like I've heard of that. Was that a, that's not a Kansas thing. That's like a, I remember seeing it in Houston. It's, it's world. Yeah, it was worldwide. It was like a 30 minute workout for, you know, women. And they do these, like, um, they do these resistant machines and like this circle and the stations. Oh um, and it tells you to change. Yeah. And this is when I was like 18 years old when I was in Flash college. freaking so, back, was, Lena. Yeah, I had to go back because this is really how it started. Um, the women there used to love me. All I was, you know, I was working the desk there while I was in college. Um, and um, they used to find me really encouraging. And I kind of used to go in the middle when they were going around and doing their workouts. And I would encourage them and push them. And, you know, I would push them to do like, All right, let's, if you're doing two days a week, like, let's come three days a week. And I would, you know, I would kind of hype them up. Yeah. And, and I feel like what, what was happening is, is the women were starting to be like, Lee, like, you're really good at this. Like, you're good at motivating us and inspiring us. Like, and they're the ones that said, why don't you become a trainer? And I never even thought in a million years, I started working out when I was 15 years old, I, I danced my most of my life. Um, but that's where it started. And after like that impact that I created, even at 18, I was like, you know what, this is like a gift that I have, you know, I, I kind of like realized like, this is a gift, like, I'm really good at encouraging people and making people feel good and seeing their possibilities and seeing their potential. Um, and then years later, um, I, you know, I was dancing and I was doing other things while still being a trainer. But um, eight years ago, I was like, you know, I am going to give up the dancing thing. And I'm going to solely focus on being the best coach and trainer possible. And um, after that, it's just been it's just been an uphill. And um, I started working at Crunch in this city. I was there for about a year and a half, two years. And then I opened up my own business, um, Coachly Inc. Like that's that's what I created. Uh, And then I just started creating programs around transformation when it comes to your, you know, your health um, nutrition training, as well as mindfulness. And, um, so great. and now I've, yeah. And then after that, I got into fit ride. I mean, this is like the fast pace of it, right. but, um, and then I created the brand aside fit ride over the last four years. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the fast pace of like, you know, how this all came about and like why I do what I do. Um, and yeah. you are love- in, you're in New York. Is that correct? What part of New York are you in? Yeah. So I'm in New York. I live in Queens. Uh, I do work in the city, but I live in Queens. Yeah. And I'm from Queens, but not this side. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you mentioned mindfulness prior to starting mm-hmm. FitBride. Do you still incorporate those aspects of training into your FitBride as well? 
Yes, it's a very big part of FitBride. FitBride um, was created, you know, based off of the transformation program that I was doing. Um, it actually started with one bride motivating me and inspiring me and kind of opening the horizons of like, I could create a program that brides come to to feel good, look good, and, you know, learn mindfulness, you know, before their wedding. And it, and and it, it kind of blew up. Man, like, you're speaking I, our love language right here. Like all of these things that you're saying. <laughs> Literally. This yeah. is like what we're all about. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, not, I don't want to jump around, but I feel like, you know, while I had that first bride, I kind of seen what she went through and, you know, like caring about how you look and your dress and, you know, the preparation and it gets stressful and how to manage and how to stay happy and how to stay present during the process. Mm. So so as the years have gone on, I've gotten better and better at coaching around it because I've had so many brides, you know, so the Fitbride Fit program has gotten, I want to say it's like, it's enhanced and, and it's grown like evolved. As the years yeah. Gone. Yeah, exactly. So you exactly. had this first, you know? this first client who was a bride and then you basically yes. saw like you helped her so much that she was like, Lena, you need to yeah. do this for others that are like going through this. Yeah. Yeah. She inspired me. Like, and I was like, oh my God, I could create a brand around this and like, just have brides have somewhere to go. So they're not just going to like a personal trainer. Like they're going to someone that's going to help them give them the tools that they need to feel good, to look good, to do it in a healthy way. And to make sure that they're enjoying the journey. I think Mm. that's the biggest thing is enjoying the process, you know, because you're so ahead of like the day, the day. And and there's a lot that goes into planning a wedding. I mean, you guys know. Um, So I really try to reel my, my brides in when they're getting, I'm like, it's going to come by so fast, really fast. So like really try to be as present you can as the days go on. And, you know, I really try to push that in, in the fit bride journey, but I wanted a space where that's why it's solely fit, right? I wanted a space where they know this is where you go to like, all right, this is how I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to feel good, whether it's to lose weight, shed fat, whether it's just to feel good, there's no weight loss. Maybe just to, you know, focus on your behaviors, your habits and patterns around nutrition. Maybe this is the way that they, they did it. Everybody goes about it differently, you know? And maybe sometimes the catalyst is, you know what, like my wedding's coming. Maybe I should like hire a trainer and really like focus on my health. And that's just like the start for them, you know? And then they continue well after their wedding. Um, yeah, which I think is the ultimate goal. I think a lot of people have their eye on the prize and the prize is like looking, you know, snatched in that wedding mm-hmm. dress or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, yes. but what about your health afterwards and also your mental health throughout? Because I can also see brides and I see it like on the day of like they're so hyper focused on what they look like when that in my opinion, that mental shift should be made of like, it's not just about how you look like, like it's how you feel. Like don't put yourself, you know, you can put yourself down. Like I wanted to lose a couple more inches or whatever. And it's like, instead being really proud of how far you've came in the journey. Exactly. And everybody has a different journey and you're right. Ashley. like the biggest thing is the pressure to look Mm -hmm. amazing. That pressure. Yes. Because the bride is the highlight of Mm -hmm. the wedding. Like, when you get invited to a wedding, it people are thinking, what is she going to wear? What is she doing with her yeah. hair? What is she? Like, they are thinking that. Like, even I, I've witnessed it. I mean, when you go to weddings, it's like, what does she yeah. look like? What dress did she mm-hmm. pick? How mm-hmm. does she look? How is her makeup? How does she have her hair? Is she changing? Like, there's <laughs> oh my all gosh, of that. Yes. Right? And and I feel like, um, you know, it's almost like, like an, like a show. Like, so think about people that have never performed before, never been on a stage or have never had a hundred, 200 people looking oh at Oh my them. gosh. It's overwhelming. Yeah. So like some people, yeah. Like some people have, they're, they, they're okay with that. And some people, it creates so much pressure, so much anxiety. You're very overwhelmed and you're thinking of people judging you, which is crazy because it's your wedding day, but it is, it's a, it is a big part of it. You know, so I understand why brides use that as a catalyst to like their health and fitness journey and, um, you know, really focusing on their body and how they look, but it's really how you feel like, you know, I, I just had a few brides get married over the last three weeks. And the biggest, the biggest thing that I love hearing is I felt, hell yeah. Like that's, and that's what they mostly say. Like, I just felt powerful and amazing and beautiful. Confident. And they're able, 
Yeah, and confident, and they're able to compliment themselves. So if that's I can huge. get a bride to compliment themselves, like that's a win for me. You know, then I then I just did my job and they feel, and that's just why I do what oh, I do. Oh, it's gonna make like honestly making me emotional when I think of cup, and it, it's the feel good part because I had a wedding recently. Yeah where my bride was miserable like she was uncomfortable you know who knows if she ate something that day that made her uncomfortable and you know the bloating and just like the serious discomfort and it's hard to move past that feeling and be in the moment when you're when you're not feeling good and so if you can equip your body prior to figure out the things that make you feel good and do things for yourself not for your dress, not for your, like that mindset shift. But I think that feeling good is so underrated, especially on your wedding day. Oh yeah. It is. Totally. Yeah. Lena, you said that you, that you have people that brides that come to you at the very beginning of that process, like when they're coming to you and they, they realize, which by the way, it's a huge deal for someone to go to a professional to get to that point to where they say, I need help and I want you to help me. Like what are some of the insecurities that they're that you see that brides mm. are wrestling with the most when they come to you at the very start of their journey? I think like what what, what I just touched on, I think they're solely looking at how they look and how they feel and they don't feel 100% for that specific event. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the insecurities like I said are like, you know, I don't feel hundred percent good in my body. Like, so how do I, how do I do that to, you know, to feel better or, you know, maybe I'm not eating as great as I would like to, and I don't feel good doing that. Like, how can I, um, you know, how can I better that? So I feel like a lot of those insecurities because of this highlighted event, I want to say the insecurities are, they kind of come up. They existed already. Yeah, they ex- exactly. It's like they existed already in that underlining, I want to say subconscious, like it's mm-hmm. under, they don't even know. And then the minute it's like engaged, it's like, this is an event where everybody's going to look at me. So it's like, I need to look good. They're going to be looking at me. They're going to yeah. be judging. And then you start picking away your body. Yeah. Oh man. Well, you know, three years ago, I weighed this. And when I was 20, whatever, I weighed this. And they're kind of reflecting on how they look and how they've been showing up for their body mm, and for themselves, yes. right? It's not It's not even just for your body. It's like, how am I showing up for myself? So yes, they do come for weight loss and to look great and feel, but the feeling good really gets riled up in there. And then there's like, but yeah, going back to like the insecurity thing and like, that's, that's the main thing is like this real highlight of like, everybody's gonna look at me and then you're reflecting, how have I been showing up for myself for my body, how I've been taking care of myself. And now I have this event where everybody's going to be looking at me. Not only that, like it is the most photographed event of your life. Nick, no one is used to having a camera on them all day at all hours. Like the insecurities can just ooze out. It's one thing to like be insecure for 30 minutes during a family session or a mini session, you know, something like that. It's a whole nother thing to have not just one camera person but oftentimes two photographers and then a videographer Mm -hmm. cameras on you Mm -hmm. all day long like that's a lot of weight for someone to bear that's a great point chris that's a great point because a lot of them have said to me these pictures are going to be pictures that i look at forever pressure we keep coming back to that pressure word and i think that Mm -hmm. people humans like we don't realize how much we really can crumble to pressure and how mm-hmm. much pressure affects our mental health and mm-hmm. every, like anything and everything tied to like your mental well-being. I think so much of it boils down to pressure. And I've never made this connection until right now that like you truly do feel so much pressure about this one day event, which is the catalyst for what makes people like reach out to you. Which speaking of, I want to touch on this really quick. What is it that you offer that makes people like, how do they find you? What is it? Do they work with you one-on-one? You've mentioned a program also. So really quick, I want to touch on that. That's good, Ashley. Um, Okay. So the 12 week fit ride program, there's many elements of it. I mean, after COVID, I had to be creative with pulling it apart, like having it, 
having it where you can go in person and you could train with a coach in person and have the whole experience, or you could do a hybrid where you do in person and you do virtual. Some people were solely virtual. Some clients I just have online where I don't train with them one-on-one or they don't train with any of my coaches one-on-one. They just kind of get a custom training plan and I do all the accountability coaching around that. Yeah. So it, yeah. So basically it's a 12 week program. I'll just tell you what the program is. It's a 12 week program uh, because I believe that any transformation and change happens within the first three months. So that's why I don't do by session. It's a journey. A journey happens within those first 90 days. Um, you get a custom training plan based off of, you know, your goals, um, your body type, you know, what you want to look to create, uh, you get a custom plan training plan. And then we dive into your nutrition and how you're showing up for nutrition and your relationship with food and, you know, areas that, yeah, you know, the way you make choices, the way you view your week, the way you view your weekend and how you show up on the weekend with food, you know, that changes, Mm -hmm. we could tap into that. Um, you know, so, so that's the nutrition aspect. I put them through, um, a a phase one program and a phase two program and kind of educate them on food, like educate them on understanding the importance of carbs, fats, protein, all that stuff. Um, and then we go into the accountability and the accountability is like habits, patterns, choices. We celebrate what's working, what's not working, ways of improvement, where your blind spots you know, and then I just keep coaching them biweekly until we get to the wedding and um, closer to the wedding, we kind of look at the dress. I love looking at the dress <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I'll cater the program a little bit, you know, to what their dress looks yeah. like. You know, if it's really tight, if it's really tight and form fitting or they like leave my whole back is showing. Can we really focus a little bit mm. on that? You know, that, yeah, then, then we get a little bit fun in the program. So then I kind of do what I call a split routine and a split routine is where we kind of isolate certain yeah. muscle groups and body parts based off of, you know, what your dress looks like. But that's more towards the end when we're like six to eight weeks out from the Oh wedding. my gosh, wow. I'm yeah. loving everything that you're saying, book. especially, it's just, it feels like you take this whole, I'm real big on like focusing on your, your person as a whole. And it just seems like you're not just tackling like, all right, here's your program, you know, do this, do these workouts because it's so much more than just the working out. You're talking about challenging and rewiring thought patterns and your mindsets and people's relationships with food, which I, you know, I think many people, including myself have grown up having poor relationship with food and and just maybe not having the best relationship and that's something that's really new for me to begin to notice in myself and, and taking steps and stuff like that but I love that you're incorporating that and in, in bringing to light these areas for people so that they can like start to focus on themselves as a whole D- do you notice that people have like mindset like kind of light bulb moments where they're like oh my gosh like I used to view food this way or I used to view this that way can you talk about maybe some of the light bulb moments that some of your clients have seen or had? Yes. Yeah. So when people, when I have people, what I call dive into old patterns and habits, also triggers and traumas. Okay. Really important. And a lot of these stem Chris from, um, when you were a child, they go, they go into your teens, they go into your college years and your adult years. So I built a program, which I'm not going to talk about called dive in. And this is kind of what I kind of intertwine into fit ride, which is, you know, looking at where, where the trauma happened. Like it could have happened where I hate to say it, but I hear this a lot, a lot of mothers and I'm not, you know, mothers are amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe they don't know, but they talk about their languaging around food is very poor. So it's very like bad food, good food, too much sugar. This is going to make you fat. You got it. You're like, I've, I've had many experiences with many brides and clients where a lot of it does stem from childhood and what they are, the languaging around food. And it shows up in your adulthood and it doesn't go away unless you really dive into, you know, like you said, Chris, like reprogramming, rewiring perspective, like kind of stepping back and looking. Um, So I intertwine that in my, in my coaching because it's really important. Anybody could give someone an amazing training plan and an amazing nutrition plan and they could just follow it. But if they don't break through old habits and patterns and they don't create the awareness on what keeps 
like showing up and they, they don't understand where these blind spots are and, and why they're showing up. That's the reason why they just keep like losing weight, gaining weight, and like kind of just following a plan, falling off. And I didn't want any of my programs to do that. Is so, this common in the industry? I feel like I, Ashley, have you heard about people who are in the health industry talking about things like, you know, addressing deep, like you're talking no. about trauma and triggers and like no. psychological and things. I, I, I can't help but feel like that's not common in the best way. No, it's not common. I used to be very much, um, I dove into the fitness industry and like, so you talking about a lot of these things. I'm like, yes, yes. Like hit your macros. Carbs are not bad. Like all of these things that you're kind of taught, especially young. And I could see mothers saying things that are triggering, but nobody's ever talked about like this mindfulness, this awareness of the bad habits, even the, the like yo-yoing that occurs with like weight loss yes and like there's these fad diets that people do and they lose all of this weight really fast and then it comes back and then they feel crappy yes all the things yes yeah and i and i think like you know going into educating them on the food actually like what you were saying about macros and stuff that's just educating on the the food but i don't like to tell the client exactly and i know this is going to sound interesting to you. I don't like to tell them exactly what to eat. I like to teach them within their lifestyle, the way to eat for them and the better choices to make, if that makes sense, because I have an amazing recipe book and it has amazing breakfast, all these, but you're not going to hundred percent eat like that all the time. It's just, it's just structure and guidance. So I really try to help them navigate, you know, when they're out to eat, when they're on the weekend, during the week, like I, I don't like to give them cookie cutter because those things eventually they don't. Right. And you go into the cycle where you like follow plan, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight. And you're like, well, why does this keep happening? It keeps happening because you're not getting to the core of what's happening. So that's so crazy to hear you say that. That's I it. just started working with a coach specifically on nutrition. And one of the things that mm-hmm. she told me was, you know, because I, you know, the thing that I wanted was like, give me a give me a meal plan. Tell me what to eat, da, 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 this and that. And instead of that, I was educated on here's, uh, here's what macros are. Here's how to incorporate them. Here's the amount of protein that you need to be eating every day. Uh, da, da, da. So there was so much educating that happened. Mm-hmm. And at, one of the things that she said to me that stuck with me, two things was that food is not good or bad. It is fuel. Which fuel are you going to choose to use? The other thing she told me was you need to eat the foods that you want to eat. If you don't like broccoli, don't make yourself eat broccoli. If you like sweet potatoes, eat sweet potatoes. Let's talk about portions. Let's talk. So there's just been, so it's cool to hear you say all of that stuff because, you know, I think so many of us, especially if you're American and listening to this show, so many Americans, we just want the, give me the pill, give me the quick, the quick thing. And it's like, no, this is a process. So I love to hear, to hear you say those things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that means that you have a good coach. I don't know who they are, but uh, <laughs> Lee approves. I'm on yes. I'm on the wagon with them. Yeah. So I talk about languaging, Chris. Like there's I the language with bad and good is probably the worst black and white mindset to have when you look at food. Because if you are enjoying a juicy burger with fries, how are you doing a bad thing? Right. Right? You're enjoying something, right? So it really messes with people because then what happens is now the guilt and shame start to show up that Mm. you have to deal with when you have pasta, when you eat pizza, when you have a burger. And I really try to teach my brides to learn how to enjoy their meals and not when the guilty shame show up, they really got to understand when it shows up, like how to be better with it when it shows up. Because one thing I... Because one thing I will say is it's never going to go away. Like we have insecurities, you know, we have certain things that are so embedded in our programming that it's really, you can't erase them. But what you can do is when they show up, you have a different way of handling them because your awareness of them is very different. If that makes sense. Yeah. I I want to let you know real quick in the chat, there are people that are saying, where can I sign up? So there are people that are like, they're, they're loving, (laughs) they're loving the things that you're saying. Ashley, I just wanted to share that with her before you. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, and also something I wanted to say was I worked with a coach very, it was very passive. It was like an online thing, but I got accountability check-ins. And one Mm -hmm. of the, my favorite things about it was we would do the accountability check-in. And when you're learning about nutrition, 
like some everybody's programmed so differently and I think that's something that's so great about having a coach that there are some people that operate really well on like a carb heavy diet and some people operate really well on like a fat heavy diet and Mm -hmm. that was one of my favorite things working with a coach was I really learned that it can't be very cookie cutter like my body is different than the next person's body and I Mm -hmm. don't operate on like restricted carbs I need I need them and I like shed weight when I eat them, you know? Okay. And we don't need to tap into this, but we are because you're mentioning this, Ashley. It's all about your metabolism. It's all about your metabolism. And us women, the smaller we are, meaning the shorter we are, the sometimes slower our metabolism are. And sometimes knowing what types of food, like you said, um, you need to fuel your body type and how your metabolism works and how your brain functions. That's the importance of it, right? Yeah. Is that, you know, and um, another thing I want to say is if, if you do not teach your client the science behind metabolism and BMR and your total daily expenditure, they're never going to understand like calories, what they mean. They're really never going to understand that. And I make sure I highlight to my clients, how big metabolism is and understanding what the BMR is. I just is. learned about BMR. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Great. That's good. See? Okay. You're, I'm you're so fascinated right now. I'm like, I'm literally yeah, yeah. struggling to keep my jaw closed. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to get into too much science. Right, right, right. right. That definitely goes, yeah, we don't want to like, people are like, what's that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I think there's a lot of people yeah. that are probably listening right now and they're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, it's, it's so interesting. We're coming into a time of the year, right? This is Thanksgiving, oh near gosh. Thanksgiving at the time yeah. of recording, holidays. near the holidays. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of people that I think find themselves unhappy with where they're at in life, yet there's always something around the corner. There's always a barbecue. There's always a reunion. There's and, a wedding. And there's a wedding. We're always coming. So right now we're coming in. And I, and I had even debated, maybe we should release this episode at New Year's, but I've been on a big health journey and I'm just like, now. It's like today is the day. Don't wait. And so I think there are people, and again, like I said in the chat, that are like, I, I want to do something. There are people who are always looking to do something, but then there's always something that keeps people from taking that first step. So what do you think keeps people from starting a program to take control of their health? Like what keeps them from taking that first step? Other than, um, other than like excuses, (laughs) I'm going to be real. No, be real. Um, 100%. I mean, I'm from New York, so I'm pretty real. I'm, 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 I'm very compassionate, but I'm pretty real when it comes to stuff like this. Um, I think that it's excuses, but I also think, Chris, it's uh, fear of not following through. The fear of failure. Fear of failure. Like, can I do this? Am I going to do this? So it's like, oh, Thanksgiving, I know I'm going to eat like this. Oh, I have two weddings come up. I'm just going to wait till after. But you're, there's that fear really dictates the story and the narrator that you have with the conversations that you have around when to start. I do believe, I do believe everybody gets like new year's motivated and there's certain things that people get excited about and they like to have a timeline or a date, right? right? Like I'm just going to finish my year like this. And then on January 1st, I'm going to do this. I don't believe in new year's resolutions, Same. but I'm saying, (laughs) but I'm just saying that they are a big, um, they are a big deal for people. They like to have that, time but i will say it's fear it's like can i it's it's self-sabotage can i really do this am i ready to do this can i do these changes i don't want to do this i'm too busy i have too much going on this is too expensive there's all these stories that you keep telling yourself you know and that's what holds you really back from making that committed decision Uh, meanwhile the inner person is like i want this i want to get healthier i want to feel good and that person keeps talking, but obviously their volume is not loud enough. Mm. You have the other volume way too loud. And that volume is what needs to go down. And this volume oh, I love is that. It's like silencing the inner critic. So, yeah. 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 And fear really paralyzes people in a lot of ways. Meanwhile, you know, fear should be the driving force, but it, it really does. And then the fear is like making the excuses around the fear. I don't have time. I have the kids. Thanksgiving's coming up. I have three weddings. I can't do this. This is too much. It's too, I can't fit this in my day. Like you start putting the stories around. Yeah. You like convince yourself. Like you convince yourself that I can't. It's so interesting to hear you say this. So I start, I, uh, 
was in the middle of a program that I was doing and my uncle was, he's my best friend. It's a weird dynamic, but he's my best friend. And he was watching me from afar do this program and seeing success, uh, not just physically, but mentally as well. And I was like, dude, you, you need to do this. He, we were very much in similar health styles and just very unhappy with ourselves. And we finally, I was like, dude, what is keeping you from doing this? He's like, I don't want to fail. He's like, I can't take another L and lose Mm. because it's going to crush me. And the dude is kicking ass. He's about to finish the program. Like, and he's like, it, but it's, it was just so funny because fear and doubting himself was what kept him from taking the step. And he finally got to a yeah. point to where he was way too unhappy to stay where he was at, that he had to do something. Yeah. And you know what I think too, Chris, with fear for myself and my experience is that, you know, you want to condition yourself to, to fear. The more you're scared of things and you tackle through them, you start conditioning yourself to like, this is really uncomfortable and I'm scared at, I'm scared, but I'm going to, I'm going to go through it because what's on the other side, you'll never know until you actually break through it. And that's just something for me that's gotten me through fear is that like, you know, I, I used to be a dancer and I used to, you know, I was also on a TV show and, you know, knowing that, oh my God, I have like 500,000 people viewing me right now. Like the fear in that is, but when you push that aside and you, you know what your intention is and your commitment is and what you want, you know, you got to really break through that. But that uncomfortableness, that is like kind of what people don't, they don't even want to sit into because it is uncomfortable also to even get there. Um, But yeah, and I want to say the more you do things you're afraid of, the better you are at them. Like the better you are when fear shows yeah. up, the better you are like, okay, I'm, I'm scared as I'm scared of this. I'm, I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking to myself. I'm talking myself out of it. I'm so scared. All these emotions are coming up and talk. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, you're doing it. Like, just do it, get the courage, build up the courage and the bravery to just do it. And then when you do it, you're like, there's a revelation. They're like, Oh, look at what I just created. And then when you keep building those things those little things that you've feared and now you've done 10 things that you feared now you're like okay i know what fear feels like it's uncomfortable it sucks but we're gonna move forward and we're just gonna like keep trying to push are you familiar with who david goggins is he's um he's like an ultra runner he's a real badass kind of guy that just he's Uh, like run ultra marathons on like all toenails off, broken feet. I mean, just crazy things. Anyways, he's a real big kind of mental toughness guy. (laughs) He talks about having a cookie jar and it's a mental thing in your head. He says, when you do hard shit, things that's so hard that like it pushes you past the point of, of honestly, like, I don't know if I could do it. When you do it, you get a cookie and it's obviously a mental thing. And you, you, you start to have this cookie jar that begins to build. And in your mind, when you come up to something that is really hard, you reach back in that cookie jar. Like, nah, there was that one time that I ran 10 miles and that was way harder than this. And you get, so it's like this mental thing. You reach into the cookie jar Mm. and you, it's, you almost reminisce and celebrate those past wins and get the courage to press forward and do new things. Ashley, what are you thinking about all this stuff? Cause it looks, I feel like you and I are both just like, mind blown, energized. No, I'm like eating this up and I'm like, okay, how can I get on my Peloton? How can I get on my Peloton? Like for some reason, I just stare at it and I'm like, that was really hard last time. And I'm just like, okay, I can get on my Peloton. That's like literally, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged right now. Very like I'm hype. I feel hype. That's freaking awesome. I know already, already. I have a really quick question and this is from one of our listeners and it it kind of piggybacks on like the fear. I don't have time. I can't do all of this. Um, She Mm -hmm. said, what is your advice on balancing school work, wedding planning with working out? It's kind of along those lines. What's her name? Micah. Micah. Hi, Micah. Um, So what I think Micah should do is carve out even if it's 15 minutes three days a week and just do something don't look at like i need to get a 60 minute workout in it needs to be the hardest thing i need to sweat so much um think of in your plate that you have with all the stuff that you have going on look at where you can carve 15 to 20 minutes three days a week to do something and move your body and i guarantee you even that little bit will help you 
and it, it'll, it may be a start for doing 15 minutes and then you're like, okay, I could push for 20 minutes or 30 minutes, but instead of feeling overwhelmed and thinking that you have to add something else to your plate, you, you have enough space. I want, I want you to think of that. You do have enough space. You just have to figure out how to create that space within your That's space. Good. So, like I said, you know, so instead of thinking, oh, I need an hour workout or 45 minute workout, 15 minutes, three days a week, do that for a month accomplish it, feel good that you did it and you were your word and then build on from there. But don't add more mm-hmm. to your plate that you're like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do three hours or I'm going to work out five days a week. And then what happens is, is you fail. And when you fail, you step back because you have shame and guilt and I didn't do it. And you start feeling bad that's about it. So yourself. true. So that's probably, that's my advice. I love that for a starting point, even like Cause you, yes. th- you think like, how do I start working out? And you're like, okay, well that means I got to go to the gym and then the gym, I'll be there for an hour. And then I got to come home and I still have to cook dinner and I still have yeah. to do school in it. So even just during your like lunch break at work, like walk out of the office, yes. have your lunch in hand. I, this is probably not, that's probably not a healthy thing to do is eat and walk, but like go on a walk, like just walk for your lunch break. Like just a exactly. little walk. Exactly. Or if you know that during the week is a very heavy week where you have a lot going on, then and you could carve a little bit more time and space in your weekend, then work out on Saturday and Sunday and figure out one day that you can do during the week that won't feel that. so overwhelming, you know? And, and like you said, like, Ashley, like, just move your body, get, grab some mini bands and do some, a little mini, just move your body. But the main thing is set a goal. So these first 30 days, I'm going to do 15 minutes, three days a week, wherever I put them. And I'm going to do that for a month. And then I'm going to check in with myself. How well did I do? Did I do well? Did I work out? Great. You celebrate the things that worked. Then you're like, okay, where are ways of improvement? Maybe the next month you're like, I'm going to try for 20 mm-hmm. minutes. And you just move, and you just move on from there. And I'm a, I'm a big planner. Like I'm a big timeline planner and celebrating what worked, what didn't work, how do I get better? So that's why I'm kind of breaking it up versus like, just do like, no, say 30 days, I'm doing this, be committed to it. I'm starting here, this is the end date. This is this is what I'm doing. Do it, reflect on it, how did I show up? Did I do well, did I do it? Where was, where was my blind spots if I wasn't doing it? And then you make another, you're, take the next month and do the next month and set mini goals. Can, can you yeah. talk about, let's talk about the scale for a little bit. Because yeah. okay. I think uh, I was going to ask a question about habits because that sounds what that's doing is that's laying a solid foundation for habits. Like, let me go ahead and mm-hmm. and commit to doing something and let me do it so I can lay this great foundation. Mm-hmm. I I think there was a period in my last kind of program that I'm, I'm doing a different one now, but uh, or continuation. I was obsessed with the scale for the first two weeks. And then the best thing in the world happened. The batteries on my scale died. And I didn't want to buy a new scale and I didn't want to buy new batteries. And I had to find new metrics and new ways to calculate where I'm winning. Can you talk about, like, let's talk about the scale and then maybe some other ways that people can find these wins, or maybe you help clients find like areas that you help clients find their wins. So I think the biggest thing, Chris, is first writing down what the intention is or whatever the why is of Mm. your goals. What are those look like? Right. So let's write those down. Can you give okay, us some examples so like, maybe? If- so say the, and I'm going to go with, cause the way I break down goals is like strength goals. I break down aesthetic goals. And then I break down the mindful goals. There's three goals there are three categories. So say it's, I'm going to drink 60 ounces of water. These are going to be my three goals. I'm going to drink 60 ounces of water every day. I'm going to work out three days a week for 30 minutes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, and then maybe the last goal will be, um, uh, what will the last goal be on the weekends? I'm going to have three pleasurable meals that I love on the weekends, just three, not the six I was having. I'm going to have three. So that, that's that mindfulness now, aspect. Your, exactly. So these are your goals. So mm. instead of looking at the scale, the weight on the scale will happen. And, and it doesn't happen for everybody because everybody's body is different, which I'm not going to get into, but, and some people, it takes a longer time to lose weight. Sometimes it's faster. Um, but this is data and you can set these three goals, give yourself 30 days, 
journal. Another thing is I'm a big on journaling. Reflect every day or every few days of like how you've been showing up, what feelings have been coming up. How, have you been doing well? Did you hit your water goals? Like whatever that is, you could journal that. But I think, and then at the end of the month, you could look at that and you could say, did I accomplish these things? So now if you're looking at the aesthetic, cause you're talking about weight on the scale. If you've been eating six meals out on the weekend and like not really focusing on healthier choices and you actually had those three pl pleasurable meals per weekend for the whole month, when you think about it, you should feel different and your body could have made some adjustments without you having to step on the scale. So when you look at that, you're like, wow, that's a win because I took my weekend and I, I created a different habit around it and a different approach. And after a month, you know, maybe you feel differently. Maybe you're like, oh, I feel a little bit in my waist or my clothes whatever feel it is. Different. That's not just, yeah. yes. Or, yeah, your clothes feel different. I think another way to track your progress, Chris, is um, not the scale, but what I do is I don't believe in just the scale. I believe in taking progress pictures and also measurements. So yeah, there's data there and there's numbers there. Um, but when you take a picture, it's amazing, mm -hmm. you know? You, you could never, you never need to step on the scale. Cause I've had clients that have shedded 15 pounds of fat and lost maybe three pounds on yep, the scale. Cause it, fat, because muscle weighs it more than fat, with, right? Yeah. Because, because it has to do with body recomposition That's exactly, yep. and muscle, muscle is dense. Um, so this is where Chris, like the scale isn't always the only thing to track how you've been showing up. And your it does. You're it's right. Not, it does it communicate. It is data. It, it data, is. But it's like the lowest form. Like we we put it. It's, it's, we put it up here. Like this is the top measurement I, yes. when it is a measurement. Yes, that's it. Exactly. It's just data, and that's what I tell my clients. This is just data. Yes, it is helpful when it gets to a certain extent. It is helpful, but it's not the only thing we should focus right. on. You know. And I want to say what happens also, Chris, is what I call weight trauma or scale trauma. So I don't know if you even can think about what that means, but when your eyes looked at a scale at the lowest point ever in your life, you were scarred forever. Like if that's forever the point that you're always trying to chase. That's, so wow. your worth, when you look at this scale, that is where you start to, to, to question your worth based off of that. Oh number. my God. So isn't that crazy? Okay. So, so I would... This is why women, yeah, I, I want to hear your story, Ashley, but this, this is why women, you know, when you're 20 and yeah. you jump on the scale and you're like, I'm 115. Yeah, you were 20 and you weighed 115. And then now you're a woman 15, 10, 15 years later, and now you're 128. What does the mind do most times when it's seen that low number? It thinks low, smaller, better, mm -hmm. worthy. And that's where the scale could be a very dangerous. Yep. I literally, that's like my weight is I was like 110 to 115 when I was in my like late teens, early 20s. And then now I'm 30 and I'm more like 125 is like more of where I sit. And the yeah. recently in the last couple of weeks, last month or so, there was one day that I weighed 113. Like I've, my health has been like crap. And so I weighed 113 pounds and I called my mom and I was like, I haven't weighed this much since high school. A, I'm scared. But B, there was this very demented part of me that was like, oh my God, I just got to 113 pounds. Like I have been wanting exactly. this weight since for, you know, the past decade or whatever. And that's so screwed up because I know that my body is different than it was 10, 15 years ago. But there was this demented part of me that was like proud for that moment. And th the next day I was back at like 117, 118. So it got better, but nonetheless, yeah, you just took a, you took there's a that. I'm yeah. Kidding. Right. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, she didn't drink any water. She took a very nice food. And there exactly. We go. <laughs> but it is, it was, I could see that traumatic, like always chasing that number. And I reached it. It was a very bad time mm -hmm. for me, but mm -hmm. yeah, it was bad. And I can yeah. so relate. So I, yeah. See, so you, and I could too, you know, when I tell people like, you know, when I was 14, I weighed X. When I was 19, I weighed X. When I would, when I turned 29, I weighed X and now I'm 35. Our metabolisms as women, they shift a lot. 
and maybe not for every woman, because some women can stay their weight their whole entire life, but that's not for everybody. Most women, it fluctuates, you know, and our hormonal system fluctuates, our metabolism fluctuates. If you become more sedentary, it fluctuates. So, you know, you got to, you know, and, and we evolve and we grow as women. And I think that, like I said, that weight number on the scale is, is a trauma. And it's like, you equate worth to the number, the yes. lowest one. 100%. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. So. So yeah. if someone who's listening is unhappy or struggling with to love their body, you know, in part, it probably has to do with this scale. Um, what advice would mm-hmm. you give them? to become more happy with themselves, to accept themselves, to love their body? You know, that's a really good question. I think that I always say that when you, if you're really unhappy with how you look and how you feel, I do say you should ask for help because I think that nobody could do it by themselves, honestly. And if you really want to dive into the core of why this keeps happening and you're tired of it, Um, I would, you know, I would look into hiring someone that could support you, whether it's a therapist or whether it's a life coach or whether it's someone that can help you dive into the why, you know, so you really could take yourself outside of yourself and look at like, why do I feel like this about my body? Where did this start? Why is this happening? And what are the action steps that I get to do on a daily basis to help break through this and have a better relationship with my body and how I view my body? You know, I I don't think insecurities actually go away. I think that we manage them, right? And we know how to like handle them when they show up. And 80% of the time, 90% of the time, you want to feel good, right? But they're they're still your conversations, feelings, emotions. They, you know, they're like waves. They go up and down. But I think that just if you really are not in the best place and you're kind of tired of that cycle, then I would, you know, seek, seek someone to help. And I know that is the hardest thing for people to do sometimes is to ask for help. You know, if you're trying to do it on your own, I think you could do it on your own, but it depends on the level of where you're at. Like, you know, I've helped, I've helped women, um, during their journey, never track a thing, never count a calorie, never look at a number before, never step on the scale before. And we just dove in, dove in deep into what I was telling you. So I really do feel like a professional could really help with that. Um, but if you're practicing it by yourself, I would say you have to be your own coach. You got to dive into the why. Why is this happening? When did it happen? Um, And practice, write down daily tasks that you're going to do and say affirmations that you're going to say every day to make you feel good. You know what I mean? And also, you know, whether it's like, put on a nice dress, put some makeup Mm. on, like whatever's going to help you every day, look in the mirror, dance in the mirror, look at your body, dance and just but figure out what those things are that are going to make you feel good. Practice those on a daily basis and have some affirmations. And like I said, like I've been telling you guys, you always take 30 days and like practice doing it and like solely look at it. And did I do this today? Did I say something nice about my body today? You know, a journal, I think affirmations in a journal are huge every day, write in a journal. I love that every day. I think that's one of those things. It's hard to start. You know, another thing I want to say is eliminate everything that makes you feel bad. Yes. Oof. Come on. And the and the first thing is go on your social media and unfollow every I'm going to say stupid account that you think is inspiring you because you see six packs and this and that or whatever you see on it. Unfollow and follow people that you can relate to and people that make you feel good. Not that. That's another freaking yes. The second thing is the second thing is your environment, your friends around you think about what are they saying? How do they talk about their body? Those things, as much as people don't even look at those things, they're really important. Look at what your environment is and who's around you. Is your spouse motivating you or they're bringing you down? Like you got to really look into it. So I would say what you see every day, your TV, your social media, look into it eliminate things that make you feel poorly. Second thing, look into your environment. Who's showing up that's making you feel powerful and who's not. And it's not their job, but you don't need to have people that feed, that make you feel poorly around. So good. You don't. So th- those are ways that you could, you can also start. I love that. You know? I love that. Chris, before we hopped on today, you had said that comparison truly, like you oh found yourself in this situation and you were like, comparison truly is 
it truly is the thief of joy. Like you even experienced that. And even, you know, Lena saying this, like unfollow those accounts, remove anything that's making you feel poorly. It's you're comparing your circumstance to their circumstance when your circumstance is completely different than their circumstance. I love that you're like those six packs you might think are inspirational, but really every time you see them, think about the way that it makes you feel in your gut. Well, it compares your journey to, to their journey. or to and, and that's essentially what was happening to me. It wasn't health-related. It was in another area of my life. But you see something, and, and comparison causes you to look at what you had, which you might have been happy with, but then see like, mm-hmm. oh, they got a bigger ice cream. Obviously, this is just – it's not literal ice cream. It's like a mental thing. <laughs> like, wow, their ice cream has three stacks. Mine only has one. When you were perfectly happy with the one before you saw the three. And so it, it's kind of like that in a lot. So I, I just, when you were saying that, Lena, and talking about unfollowing, I just imagine like shedding all this weight off of your back. That's like, you don't have to carry those expectations around with you anymore. You can shed that. Every unfollow is like a weight coming off your shoulder yep. for an account that's not influencing you in a positive way. Yes. And with yes. Lena saying to even like your environment and your friends, if your friends make you feel poorly, and it's on social media, you don't have to follow them anymore. You can mute them these days without them knowing that they unfollowed you. Do whatever is good for your mental health, man. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I don't say that, you know, like you can't change your friends and whatever, but like you could, you can better what you can control. You can like that. Mute. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I mean. Some people you're not going to eliminate, but yeah. yeah. I got I got two questions for you. One of them is one that a listener asked, and then I want to ask you some questions. I'm sure there's people that have heard you and been really inspired today, so I want to be sure to point them I'm your inspired. way. And have you, oh my gosh, I am too. <laughs> I really think I'm going to go get on my Peloton after this. I freaking hope you do. Yes, I, I but love I want that. I, I want to yeah. I want you to be able to also tell people a little bit more about your program, how they can reach out to you uh, mm-hmm. after this first question. But we had a listener ask, how do I help my fiance get on track without um, calling him fat? Because he's not, but I know that he is not happy with the way that he looks right now. And I don't want him to dislike our wedding photos. If he doesn't like the way that he looks, I hope all that makes sense. Thank you, Heidi. Hi, Heidi. How are you? Um, great question. You know, it's really tricky with couples. Um, you know, you want to be encouraging, but you don't want to be projecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one thing I, I, I never use the word fat and I never use the word skinny. I don't, I don't really like those words. Um, just, I just had to say that because well, that reminds me of you saying unhealthy. pleasurable, like look at food, like it's pleasurable, yeah. not that it's good or bad. Like that's a cheap yeah. meal, bad meal. It's a pleasurable meal. Yeah. Love that. Yes. And I don't believe in, and I don't believe in cheat meals also, Ashley. Um, and we don't need to go into that because that we could probably talk. For oh, three we hours. totally um, could. I can already tell. Um, I, I'm, I'm loving this whole thing. Um, so I think that one, I would, I don't know your relationship with him in the sense of vulnerability. Um, but I would ask him how he's feeling and maybe, you know, ask him like, what are things maybe he enjoys doing physically you know, like, uh, if you work out, maybe he could come with you and he could just go into the gym with you and, um, you can open that information. But one thing I will say is you're not going to make him do anything he doesn't want to do, you know, but what you can do is, is be encouraging and ask him like, what does he like to do? Does he like to box? Does he like to maybe run? Um, maybe he wants to, maybe hire a private coach and start there. Um, maybe you can encourage him with eating food or maybe, you know, ask him if he wants to come to the gym with you in a very nonchalant way. Like your tone needs to be more about encouragement versus like, you need this. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you need Even though this. in your head, you're probably like, you need this. <laughs> Even though in your head, you're like, you need this. Um, and I just, and I just want to say like a lot of, a lot of my brides, your partner is a big, environment like Mm. that there's a lot that goes on with like who your partner is so I do understand with with what she means by you know you you wanting this person to feel good and get healthy and and, maybe they've um, even voiced that that. they want that themselves you know yeah 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 but I I, like I said what one, one thing I one thing I've witnessed for so long is you know the person has to be really ready Mm -hmm. They really do have to be ready. But the first thing I would say, like, like I'm saying to her is, 
you know, ask him what he likes to do. Like if he really feels uncomfortable and he's not hundred percent happy, then you say, you know, what would, what would you like to do? Like, what would you enjoy doing exercise wise? Maybe just walk on the, go to the gym and walk on the treadmill. Like just try to encourage him. Cause I feel like what happens is when you're so far away from your goals, I don't know what he looks like, but when people say someone needs to lose 30 pounds or they want to lose that, that's a big number and they become very overwhelmed. So what they do is they retreat. So I, I would find little ways to like get him to do something like go mm. take a walk with him or like something to get him moving to make him feel good or ask him what makes him feel good and kind of mm. go back. Um, yeah, that's kind of what comes up for me because I, I've had this happen many times where it's like my fiance is not moving a lot and he really needs to, but there's only so much you could do. They have to be ready. But I will say the fact that he's thinking about it or thinking that he's not uncomfortable or not 100% feeling good is a start, but it's only the start. But you could only do a little bit to encourage him um, and do it in a very gentle, compassionate way, not a forceful way and not like he needs to or not like you're not good enough or you're, you don't look good and I'm not attracted <laughs> to you. Like, don't make him feel like that. I don't think she would. Um, but I would say sit with him, ask him like, what would he enjoy doing? Like, or what would make him feel better? Like, what would that look like? And if he says he doesn't know, then you could give him suggestions on maybe come to the gym with me, maybe come for, come take a class with me. Maybe let's go walk on the treadmill together, even for 30 minutes. Like then you could encourage, but let him tell you first what he needs from you before you tell him what you Suggest, yeah, if that, makes that sense. triggered two thoughts in me. One was that any time that I've ever seen and witnessed like a spouse getting into something, fitness, nutrition or whatever, it's generally because they see their spouse doing it and they react better by being like, my spouse, you know, my partner is doing a lot better. They're happier. They seem like they're more energetic. I want to feel like that too. And then they join in. Yeah. And then I've also seen like incur I loved how you said like go walk on the treadmill with him like maybe like it's fear he's afraid to potentially go to the gym or afraid to start something new you could go walk with him or go walk the dogs with him so it doesn't feel like a workout or exercise or like in my world my husband's really into disc golf and he got his brothers into disc golf his brother has shed like 30 pounds just based on all the walking in the summer heat that is has to happen in disc golfing and he didn't even realize he was exercising and so you if you do those things with them though those active things I think that it can make a shift in them they realize they're losing weight they're doing better and then they can start to do it on their own yes yeah Lena I wanted to tell exactly. you Heidi said awesome suggestions thank you you're very welcome, Heidi. Thank you for the question. Lena, I'm sure there are people that are dying to have a, more information on FitBride. So would you just share a little bit about maybe how they can get in contact with you when, if this is uh, something that they want to pursue, can you, you know, if there's a bride in California that's listening and you're in New York, like, will you just give some general info? When when should they reach out to you? How far along from their wedding? Just go ahead and feel free to, to promote and share. Um. <laughs> okay uh, well obviously we're on you know i'm on instagram fit bride by lee uh we have a website also on there uh we also have a freebie on there so if you wanted to Ooh. do a trial um we have a freebie so anybody that goes and follows me on fit bride by lee and if you go into the link tree there's a um, a little freebie in there so you could download that and you can kind of have just a little something free uh around the fit bride journey um in there for you yeah um yeah. So man, I'm just, I just lost my train of thought. Um, that's where you can find us. Um, usually brides come to me, to be honest, almost a year out. Okay. I would say not, I would say nine months, maybe seven months, a year to seven months in that frame before the wedding, they come to me because I want to say my, what I represent is all about transformation. It's not just about, so I feel like they want to get a kickstart ahead of time and really learn and create those habits and they don't want to cram it into like, okay, only the three month yeah. period. Um, so I would say at least, you know, if you're seven months out, nine months, a year, it all depends on, you know, what you're trying to, how much weight you're trying to lose, what you're trying to create. If you're trying to shed weight, if you're trying to gain, you know, confidence, like there's, so that timeline is different for everybody. 
Um, and also when people are a hundred percent ready to be committed. Yeah. That's so, a really good um, point. Yeah. Yeah. But there is also that that's 12 week program that if somebody's closer to yeah. the day. Yeah. So if someone, yeah, exactly. If someone's closer to the day, you know, that 12 week program is the starter, but they, you know, most of the clients stay with us for a while. Um, but I would say, yeah, it depends on your goals. But yeah, the, you always will start with my 12-week FIP program. No matter program. what. You'll always start with that. So that's no like your what. foundations. Like you're going to learn the foundation, the foundation of everything. And then we will continue past that. But yeah. based off of everything yeah, because, that you've said, yeah. it seems like that is just the start. You very much want to see people carry this this information to become a mm-hmm. lifestyle, not just a program. Like 100%. integrated into their lives. 100%. Yes, exactly. That's amazing. And most of my transformations are, you know, it is. If you ask any of my brides, it's never a cookie cutter fixer upper and then you're done. Yeah. And by the way, (laughs) you guys have to go follow Lena on Instagram. We will be dropping links and Instagram links and website links. All of that stuff will be in the show notes. Um, Be sure you go get that freebie. But there are plenty of reviews and before and afters on their feed, uh, on Lena's Mm. feed. So you guys have to go give her a follow. And I would encourage you, you know, if, if, if you've, felt some sort of connection to her today or any of this information. I'm not a bride. Let's do it. (laughs) Reach out, reach out. And and just the worst thing you can do is, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't the best direction for you where you're at. There, there's always a step though. And I would encourage you to reach out to someone. Lena's obviously someone that you can do that with. Uh, but man, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. Like this was amazing. And uh, we really, really enjoyed having you on. Is there anything else that you want to say before we sign off of the episode for today? Anything that we didn't cover? Any little Um, bit of information that you wanted to share? No, I think that I just want to tell the viewers that it's never too late to start. Um, And the second thing is anything that you put your mind to, you can do. And I think that don't let fear get in the way of what you want to create and whatever transformation you want to happen in your life. Don't let fear um, and excuses get in the way. That's so good. I love it. That I'm also so like good. currently stalking through your Instagram right now. Your reels are so fun. You are so adorable. <laughs> I'm actually, you know, I'm actually pretty big goofball and I'm very sarcastic. <laughs> I don't really show that as much as I probably should. Oh, People love I mean, this stuff. is pretty goofball. You're so cute. You're so cute. <laughs> yeah. Love it. it. Uh-huh. I, I'm yeah. following. I am a fan. Heck yes. Okay. Well, Lena, thank you so much for being on the show today. Listeners, you have to go follow her. If you don't do anything else today, you need to do that. Uh, links will be in the show notes. Um, if you guys have any feedback on this episode, man, please send it our way. If this episode touched you in any way, shoot her a message and let her know. As always, we appreciate the reviews, the ratings. It's been a minute since we've had a review on iTunes. I want to challenge you if you've been a listener to this show for some time uh, and you've enjoyed it and you consume it regularly, would you please go share your thoughts on uh, iTunes and uh, let us know what you think? jump into our Facebook group. It is a private group on Facebook. Link is in the show notes. We connect there, talk about episodes, yada, 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 all that stuff. Ashley, it's good to have you back. Anything else you want to say, Ashley, before we hop off? No, I'm just pumped to be back. It's fun to be back in the Facebook and very excited to talk to Lena. Lena, I'm so happy that we connected and that now you're a part of my world. Thank you guys so much. I really, really enjoyed this podcast. I've done a few and this is Hell yeah. Love to hear that. All right, listeners. We will talk to you guys later. Have a fantastic day. Bye bye. See ya.